Barista is a production of High Beam Ministry and uses the imaginary Airzatz coffee shop as its platform to bring you a conversation about a plethora of scintillating topics. We don't shy away from any issue that is plaguing our culture or the church today, whether it's current cultural issues, questions about Bible verses, or even just some banter to encourage you. Dr. Jay Christensen is the Truth Barista, and he and amazing Larry Kutzler brew up highly caffeinated conversations for our day. Grab a cup of joe, pop yourself down in the booth next to us, and get ready to think. The Truth Barista is a production of High Beam Ministry, and it's listener-supported. For more information about The Truth Barista, go to highbeamministry.com. Thanks for listening. The most important thing you could possibly learn is wisdom. Wisdom is skill in living, and it starts with fearing God, moves to guarding your mind, selecting your companions, controlling your body, watching your words, pursuing your work, managing your money, and loving your neighbor. And when you've done that, you've learned wisdom. It's so important to be taught. I can say as a father, for example, if I fail to teach my son to fear God, the devil will teach him to hate God. If I fail to teach my son to guard his mind, the devil will teach him to have an open mind. If I fail to teach my son to obey his parents, the devil will teach him to rebel and break his parents' heart. If I fail to teach my son to select his companions carefully, the devil will choose them for him. If I fail to teach my son to control his body, the devil will gladly teach him to give it completely over to his lusts. If I fail to teach my children to enjoy speech that is honorable to God, the devil will fill their mouths with filth. If I fail to teach my children to pursue their work, the devil will make them lazy. If I fail to teach them to manage their money, the devil will teach them to waste it on riotous living. If I fail to teach them to love their neighbor, the devil will gladly teach them to love only themselves. This is The Truth Barista, telling you the truth without apology. Thanks for joining us. Dr. Jay Christensen, we're doing a whole series on wisdom. So how do you feel? Do you feel wiser today because we've been doing this or or what? I don't know. I mean, I have my espresso with me and, and it's getting me jazzed up. So yeah, <laughs> I'm beginning to think that God is not only the source of wisdom, but a good cup of coffee, especially an espresso Ooh. is good too. All right. Well, we're going to talk about wisdom and the gift of wisdom today. Right. As we sit here in the imaginary Airzat coffee shop in the anointed booth and do our wonderful Bible study. Yeah, well, let's talk about wisdom. So over the last couple weeks, we had a wonderful discussion on what is wisdom, and wisdom is knowledge applied. In other words, it's common sense is a way to talk about it. It helps us navigate through life. Our Father is the source of all wisdom, and we touched in the last time on how valuable wisdom is. And we talked, we ended our last discussion with how can older people in a congregation, because really wisdom comes with knowledge applied through experience, or as I would sometimes say, knowledge tempered by experience. Well, that's why you find so much good wisdom in older people. And so you brought up the question of, well, how can we utilize older people in the congregation for wisdom? You know something, it doesn't go one direction. Because why? There are plenty of 20-year-olds out there who have wonderful knowledge that they've been had tempered through experience in the tech world, in the business world, in today's culture, relative to music, to their life experiences. And so they can be a resource of wisdom to the older generation as well. 
So for example, I had one older person come up to me and she said, you know, I got this email and there's this lady in Britain who is related to the royal family and she has $92 million in her bank account and she's looking for people who are honorable people and my name came to mind and she wants to transfer this money, some of this money into my bank account to help me in my retirement years. What should I do about this? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, how many of us have been hit by the money from the Nigerian prince, oh, yes. you know, and all that? Well, wisdom says that's a scam. And she found it hard to believe because, I mean, who would possibly want to try to defraud an older lady, right? Especially an elderly one. Well, I kept her from getting scammed because years back, I've been hit with these types of scams. We need to draw on the wisdom of the current generation. Why? Wisdom born of their knowledge applied in a godly way that brought them godly wisdom that will help the generations above them and below them. Now imagine having a group of 20 and 30 year olds mentoring the teenagers, the youth in their congregation, or a team of wise 20 and 30 year olds mentoring the older generation in things that they find a little hard to pick up on tech like, stuff and culture stuff yeah technology iphones <laughs> well it, <laughs> how it, do you do this how do you do that and it's tough because older people hadn't grown up with it so it's very very difficult and to have a mentor a younger person mentoring with patience an older person and helping them i think is a is a two-way street we can help each other exactly one of the scary things coming out now is this whole aspect of ai now most older people are going, AI, isn't that what you say to call your dog? AI, come over here. Yeah, that kind of weird stuff. But it's it's not. It's very scary because I found out that I could speak into a microphone for three seconds and within minutes, AI can duplicate my voice. And that AI can make me say anything they want me to say in my voice. So all of a sudden, I'm saying things that I would never say in life and they can frame me for it. I've seen what they call deep fakes right now. Have you heard of deep fakes? I have, I have, yes. It's scary because I saw somebody take uh, President Obama's face and his voice and have had him saying things from a conservative standpoint that sounded like he came from the alt-right and the far-right. I mean, the most extreme things. And you're looking at this, how could he possibly say that and mean it? He didn't. The deep fake made him say it. Well, how do we discern what's AI, what's deep fake? And you're going to see it more and more. And older people who don't have the experiential frame of reference don't have wisdom in this area. But younger people can do this. They can discern what's real and it's not because they've had that experience. They know the cues to look for. They know the things out there that are little tip-offs that this isn't right. So really, we need to develop wisdom across the generations based on God's word and pool that wisdom together in the congregations and Christian communities because we're going to need it to survive in the generation to come. We need to look out for one another. We exactly. really do. We need to cross the generational barrier and start having patience 
patience with each other and start taking care of one another in terms of the things that you're talking about. Right. And that, that's kind of a cultural thing. And you love the cultural issues, but it's mm-hmm. interesting how generations fight against each other. Right. And the young people say, oh, all those old people up there, they're just really annoying old people that think they know everything and darn it, they don't, you know. And then you have the old people go, oh, those young yipper-snappers out there, you know, they're just a bunch of mindless little jerks running around. <laughs> no, we need to bring both groups together and say, we need to support each other. That is the strength right. of the community right there, the Christian community. So we talked about what wisdom is and the source of wisdom, which is God the Father. And we talked about written wisdom, which is his word, and living wisdom, which is his Holy Spirit making that word, igniting that word in us. Mm-hmm. And we talked about how valuable wisdom is. And we find a lot of it in the wisdom literature, which would be the Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Wonderful stuff. Let's land the plane. Okay. Okay. Salvation is the greatest gift that we could ever have, but wisdom, I believe, is the second greatest gift to us. Wisdom is something that's available for us today. So, for example, you wake up in the morning, you're faced with, let's say you're being taken to court. How are you going to, you know, deal with this court situation? Well, James 1.5, I've prayed this one a lot. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God. See, go to the source right away. Who gives generously without finding fault, which means, oh, you lack wisdom? Here, let me pour it out on you. As opposed to, you lack wisdom? Well, of course you do. You're an idiot. You know? <laughs> That's what that means, without reproach. God loves to give his wisdom to us without reproaching us. And it says right here, it will be given to him. That's an assurance. I'll let you in on a little secret, Amazing Larry. Okay. I came to know the Lord when I was a junior in high school. I was aware of Jesus throughout my elementary years and my junior high years and my early senior high years. And I struggled with a life that was a fallen human life. I'm following my desires and being a jerk and learning how to mature a little bit. When I became a Christian in November of... (laughs) One of the first things as I started reading was Proverbs psalms and the gospels wow. so i it, over my cheerios every morning i would be reading something from the gospels usually a, just a section of a chapter i would read one psalm and i would start to read through a chapter in proverbs and i would underline everything that jumped off the page that i thought wow this is really good and i started seeing in proverbs where it said wisdom is valuable seek wisdom above everything else seek wisdom and i made that my prayer i said lord for the rest of my life teach me wisdom As I read your word, open it up to me so I can understand it and share it with other people. And it's amazing how he has honored that prayer. I also made another foolish prayer because I saw, well, that wasn't a foolish prayer, but I made a foolish prayer because it says in his word, oh Lord, don't give me too much that I would forget you. Mm. And don't give me too little that I would be tempted to steal, but give me just enough. And it's been funny through life. I've never overly prospered. And I have had very baseline living, but he has always provided for me. He's honored that prayer as well. So I ain't rolling in the dough. We're very happy where we're at. And the wisdom just keeps coming. I just love it. And so to me, that's the gift of wisdom. Speaking about foolish prayers, when I first became a believer and and somebody put me down for my witness. And so under my breath, as I walked away, I said, go get him, God, get him good. (laughs) Seriously. Oh, yeah, you know. I thought to myself later, wow, you know, (laughs) what a foolish prayer. And uh, you learn after a while that, you know, God's grace is good for both the believer and the unbeliever. And uh, we're not to call fire down from heaven on them. But we do foolish things. But the wisdom is we learn from them and grow. 
And the wisdom in that case would be, Lord, pour out the fire of your grace in your life that would burn out their utter stupidity. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Those are those days when you say, Lord, just give me five minutes in the flesh, please. (laughs) Yeah, right. right. And that's a prayer he won't answer. Okay, moving on. So this is James 1.5 really is our key scripture. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God. Why? Who gives generously to all without finding fault with them, and it will be given to them. And I love God's promises. Why? Because God does not promise and not deliver. He gives what he offers. The Lord has promised to give this to his children, and it's a promise to all who ask him. I like Luke 11, 9 through 10. Jesus says, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be open. Now, the context of this is, if you're in a situation where, and this is how Matthew uses it, if you're in a situation with somebody that you're at odds with and they're not listening to you, don't give up. Keep pursuing. But ask what you need to reach them. Seek what you need to reach them. Knock on God's door and say, give me what I need to reach that person. Now in Luke, the context is asking God for what we need and it still applies. Because why? God is the source of everything we need. So if if you need wisdom, ask, seek wisdom, knock, and God will pour it out on you. Every day, Dr. J, I ask for wisdom because, you know, the world is getting so, I think, topsy-turvy. And to deal with, Mm -hmm. you know, people who think, you know, good is bad and bad is good, I mean, you have to have wisdom. Instead of just criticizing them and condemning them and judging them, our wisdom in our hearts from the Lord has to be to love them, to figure out a way that, okay, you really have the wrong perspective, but I don't hate you for it. I have to learn to have wisdom in my heart how to deal with you through love, right? Mm-hmm. Every Absolutely. Day, every day. Because sometimes I will watch the news, Dr. J, at night, and I'll be screaming at the at the TV. <laughs> and, my, and my wife says, you know, why do you do that? I mean, isn't that kind of like banging your head against the wall? <laughs> And, you know, you need somebody to come by and kind of, you know, push you away from the wall. Yeah, just what you need to get agitated like <laughs> yeah. five minutes before you go to bed. That's a real big help. That's really wise, amazing, Larry. <laughs> Not too smart. Well, that's why my wife and I, when we watch presidential debates, I need to give her a foam brick. As an example, during one of the playoff games, uh, football playoff games, there's this viral video of a guy who got so mad, he leaps out of his chair, runs over, puts his fist through his TV screen, picks up the TV, slams it on the ground. I mean, totally destroys this thing. All right. Well, that's kind of how I am during political debates. Because it's like, how could you just boldface lie to me like that? My sensors are going off right now going, that's garbage. That's a lie. That's a lie. Let me give you two really strong cultural examples of wisdom. Okay. And how it dealt with. Okay. Remember the George Floyd riots that took place? I think it was May of 2020. That's correct. Okay. I was watching that and then there was Black Lives Matter came out and I was like, I've never heard of Black Lives Matter. I wonder what they're about and how do I deal with this? And so I went to their website and read their stuff and was like, this is not good. Why? Because it doesn't line up with God's word. In fact, it blatantly opposes God's word. So right away, wisdom tells me this is not a godly group. This is not going to be a benefit to society. And in fact, it's going to probably make, this group will probably make matters worse. Time over that summer and into the fall proved me correct. 
because they weren't really solving anything. They were fomenting agitation and basically throwing gasoline on all of these riots. And so people ask me, well, how do you deal with now Black Lives Matter? How do you deal with critical race theory? You could boil it down to don't say white. You know, they, they talked about that Florida bill that said don't say gay bill. It never said that in the bill. I mean, it was a total mischaracterization that the left had created to destroy this bill. Well, I said, well, what's, you know, sauce for the gander is, is sauce for the goose or however that proverb goes. And I said, well, CRT was don't say white. And I know that's a controversial thing to say, but that's what they were saying. Many of today's trans teachings are don't say straight. So really, I'm looking at these things and I'm saying they're kind of moving against human beings in general. Regardless of whether it's race or sexuality, it's how God designed us to be. So people in the congregation at the time said, would you please preach a message on this whole thing of racism? So the first thing I says is, Lord, give me wisdom regarding race. And right away, the Lord said, did I not put melanin in everybody's skin? And I said, yeah. And I'm thinking, I tan up pretty well when I get into the sun. And the Lord was saying, that's because there's only one race. It's only one level of melanin. And then as I'm reading through and doing research on it, I found out sociologists don't even agree on race. They say there is so much variation between a so-called race, such as either African-American, for example. They said there's so many different shadings and gradations and cultures. The very idea of race is not even valid. And I thought that's really wise. And that actually proves what God said. There's so much variation and intermixing and whatever across millennia. There's really only one human race. So I presented that and the whole congregation said, yes, now we know how to deal better with other people more wisely and we stay away from Black Lives Matter and critical race theory. The other thing was when the, the pandemic came out, how do we handle COVID? I asked, Lord, give us wisdom. What do we do with this? And he said, based on the information you have right now, this is what you should do. So we took the precautions. But over time, we're seeing, oh, with experience, this is how COVID spreads. This is how COVID affects a person. We put wise measure in place for our congregation. And you know something? We only had two people get it. And those two people didn't spread it automatically like everybody was, you know, running around like with their hair on fire going, ah, you know, COVID is going to spread, you know, powerfully. And it does, but it didn't for our congregation. Why? We took good measures. And after a while, we relaxed those measures and everybody was fine. The other thing I realized was COVID over time of pandemic will gradually burn itself out. So experience proved that right. Now I got wisdom. Okay, COVID will be with us, but it will burn itself out and become like a cold. And guess what? Just the other week, Japan said, we're downgrading COVID to cold status. It was amazing. People said, how do we handle these mRNA vaccines? I said, I don't know this technology. Give me the information. So I got the information on mRNA vaccines. I figured out, saw from the scientists exactly how they work. I have enough biology background and chemistry background that I know how they work. But then I saw they're ramrodding these things through. They're not going through the average three to five year testing process. What would wisdom say? Wisdom says you need to test these things. And so I told everybody who was hammering me, get the vaccine, get the vaccine. I want to wait three to five years. I don't think it's that effective right now. Well, guess what? Two years into it, almost three years into it, what are they saying? You know, these vaccines really aren't as effective as they're saying. Mm. We're finding out that they hid all sorts of stuff in the testing, at the initial testing, that actually shows you, oh, you actually get COVID more if you've been vaccinated and it can hit you harder. And that's just proven scientific fact right now. And there are other aspects of it that aren't so good. So I'm thinking, okay, 
Let's look at the technology and see what it does over the next two years. And when we get to the end of the five years, let's make an assessment. Information plus experience brings wisdom. And I think some people right now, their wisdom about holding off is actually proving valid. Now, I know that was a long screed, but this is how we need to approach the culture that we're in. Information with experience. Don't rush into things unless God leads you to do that. And let wisdom build up. It will protect us as we go. Dr. J, I really appreciate how you have just contemporized wisdom. You you helped us to see how wisdom fits into everyday life. And, and that is what we need more of. So I appreciate that. So where are we going from here? Okay, well, let's talk about the gift of wisdom. We need to go to the source again. The Lord promised to give it to his children. Solomon asked and he got it. If Solomon asked and he got it and was commended for doing so, we should do so. Wouldn't he also honor and bless us if we ask for wisdom above all else? Don't you think wisdom would be worth pursuing? Now imagine saying, you know something? Number one, I'm going to pursue salvation. Now that I'm saved, my next goal is I want wisdom to be the cornerstone of my life. Again, I'm thinking of my new granddaughter. This is my son's first child. What should he do? This son should say, Father, give me the wisdom to physically raise this child and guide her on the path of life. That's what my wife and I did. I was scared when my firstborn daughter got her first fever. What do I do? What do I do? My parents said, well, this is what you do. How did I know they were right? They had three kids. <laughs> we all had fevers. And you survived. And we all survived. And we're only partly brain damaged, I'm thinking. But we all survived. Now I can reassure my son, it'll be fine. I can be a resource to them. Okay, like salvation, here's the cool thing. Wisdom is available to everyone. And by the way, wisdom isn't some ooky spiritual thing, right? Anyone facing a personal decision, ask for wisdom. If you're facing a family issue, Ask for wisdom first. You got a health issue, doctor just said. You got cancer. How am I going to deal with this? Ask for wisdom. What about a financial issue? Ask for wisdom. Business issue? Ask for wisdom. If you have to fix your car, rather than spend $5,000 to figure out how to get the window to go up, ask for wisdom. Can I give you another example? Absolutely. Okay. I'm not a car mechanic. Okay. When somebody says fix something, I usually break it. (laughs) But I had a car, the back window wouldn't go up. And I'm going, oh, how am I going to do this? And the Lord said, go to YouTube and check out this video. So I looked at the video and as I watched the video, it's like he kept tapping me and saying, look at this, focus on this, 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 this. This is how it should all go together. So I managed to figure out, I had to go to a YouTube video, figure out how to take the door panel off. I got inside and the issue was exactly what the Lord was pointing out. It had come off the track and I had to do this. And as I'm about to put it back together, he taps me on the shoulder, metaphorically speaking, and says, make sure that you move this armature over here and this little piece that you were going to ignore down at the bottom, put that piece here because that's where it goes. That'll make sure it doesn't malfunction again. And I did it, put the panel back on, perfect. Mm. I just saved myself probably a thousand dollars worth of a repair job, at least five to 800. That was my dad, my heavenly father, teaching me how to do something. Hey, anybody out there need your window fixed? I can do it. I'm now the go-to guy, right? Uh. (laughs) And no, we're not going to be doing it out back of the ears. That's coffee shop. Okay. So really, the first thing we should ask for in any situation is what, amazing Larry? Wisdom. Exactly. So if anybody out there, by the way, is without any problems or questions, then don't ask for wisdom. 
But the rest of us who have problems and questions in our lives, we need wisdom and the Lord stands ready to help us. So try this. Next time you get into a spot, Amazing Larry, myself, anybody else listening to us, think of something you don't have the answer to ask for wisdom, and see what comes to mind. And again, I've enjoyed playing with this since I was in high school because I know it's important to God and it's important to us. So I ask regularly, how do I do this? Where do I go? What's your scripture say about this matter? Kept me on a lot of trouble, I'll tell you that. Well, I think what I'm gathering from what you're saying is that wisdom isn't just self-contained. I mean, it comes from the Lord, right? But I think the Lord often will say, well, go to YouTube, go to your pastor, go to your elders, go to trusted friends, so that you know you can get a source that can fit in to where you need to be in applying wisdom. Exactly. I mean, when I get into an issue, you know, the Lord can sovereignly give me a word of knowledge about how to do something. I mean, he only split the Red Sea, so he might know, you know, physical laws and things like that. But it's true. He often directs me to the source of wisdom that he wants to transmit wisdom to me. So he'll speak to me through you. I mean, the coffee issue with the espresso machine. He's, I, what do I do with this? This is the new machine. How do I get all these mechanics to work? You're right there going, oh, you got to do this, moron. You, you could have left the moron off of this thing, but that's cool. It is good to overlook in offense, right? <laughs> well, you know, and this is one of the benefits of belonging to a church because, yes, there are wonderful gifts of spiritual gifts and so forth that are in the church, and they're different from one and the other. But a congregation of people do have wisdom collectively. I think if that church is operating the way it should, that collective wisdom will help in all aspects that we have a need. Right. Now think about that. When we go to Bible studies in Sunday school classes, we study books of the Bible, you know, and it's great. We've got 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, the book of Leviticus, if you really, if you really want to wrestle with something. But really, I would recommend to churches and small groups and home groups and all this, do a study on the wisdom literature starting with Proverbs, then go to Ecclesiastes. I love it because Proverbs is, it almost like sparkles with wisdom, but Ecclesiastes is deep wisdom. And putting those two together as a Bible study would be a remarkable thing to do with your entire congregation. Pastor can preach through it. Imagine the depth of wisdom you'd be adding to the reservoir of wisdom already in every single life in that congregation. I want to leave you with one thing, Proverbs 4, 7. Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom, though it cost all you have. Get understanding. That's the second greatest gift. Hey, Truth Barista Show listeners, this is Dr. Jay Christensen, and I want to challenge you to take a deep dive into your Bibles this year. How? By reading through your Bible in 2023, and I want to help you. Cruising Through the Bible is High Beam Ministries' year-round Bible reading schedule and commentary. All you have to do is follow the schedule in the book and read a few chapters of the Bible every day. Then check out my thoughts on the day's reading. I get it. The Bible is often hard to understand because it's written for ancient and first century people, and we're only about 2,000 years removed from them. That's why I wrote Cruising Through the Bible, to help you understand what you're reading and to connect what you've read with the rest of the Bible and make God's Word a part of your life. So take the challenge. You'll find Cruising Through the Bible on Amazon.com. 
Go to Amazon.com, search Cruisin' Through the Bible, and you'll find it in monthly installments for print or Kindle. No huge commitment, although as a follower of Jesus, you really should know his whole word. Am I right? Yes, I'm right. But Dr. J, what if I miss the beginning? What if I miss a day? Well, that's the beauty of it. You can jump in anytime you want. Remember, God's Word is alive, and no matter what you read, even the tough or the weird-to-you part, God will still speak to you and into your life. So, take the Read Through the Bible in a Year challenge, and let me help you. Go to Amazon.com, type in Cruisin' Through the Bible, and get started now. Oh, and coffee. Don't forget coffee. Coffee helps a lot. Okay, fine. Tea's good, too. So, just start cruising through the Bible today. Get High Bee Ministries cruising through the Bible on Amazon.com. the truth today? Dr. Jay Christensen is the truth barista and the founder of High Beam Ministry. Jay is a creative person who wants to use the setting of an imaginary cafe to produce a series of radio and internet programs that confront the issues of our day through the lens of the Bible. The Truth Barista was the avenue that was developed to communicate truth using the Bible as the source of our information. The Truth Barista is a production of High Beam Ministry and can be found online at highbeamministry.com.